Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Jameson. Uh, he is the author of a new book called The Perpetual Wealth System. And uh, welcome to the show, John. Thanks so much, Jordan. I really appreciate being on. I look forward to chatting with you and your folks. Let's uh, start with your background. You have a kind of unusual background as a financial advisor, but tell us briefly uh, kind of what your background was and how that got you where you are now. Yeah, well, you're right. It's a little bit different than most. Um, I started, I was a struggling student. I didn't do well in high school. I didn't know what to do after high school. So I said, well, let me go to college. And I did that for two years. I got reasonably good grades, hated what I was in. I was in hotel management, decided that wasn't for me. And I was looking for an avenue. And thankfully, uh, at a very early age, I found uh, the areas of uh, investing, mainly through real estate, to start my career. And I started off as a real estate investor, real estate broker. Uh, I was always counseling people and coaching people on money. And about about six, seven years ago, got the opportunity to go speak all over the country and spoke for some of the bigger names, best-selling authors, and taught um, investing and finances and real estate and all kinds of good stuff. And and it led me to um, want to get my own message out there. I, I was exposed to what we're going to talk about to about three years ago. And with all my training and education, even though I was I dropped out of college, I've got probably 1,500 hours of education. I, any book, any seminar, you name it, I grab it. I've got a fortune invested in it. And, and I saw something about three years ago that nobody had ever shown me before at all these fancy expensive seminars and a light clicked on and I knew that the American public is up against it because the basic financial system is set against them. So I decided I wanted to go out there and train people and I wrote a book uh, called The Perpetual Wealth System and that's what we do. In fact, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia as we speak. I'm normally from Detroit, but I'm in Atlanta where you get to talk to about uh, 200 people down here and we're going to show them, uh, teach them the perpetual wealth system. So you say at the beginning, this is the perfect time for the strategy. Why is this the perfect time now for the strategy? Well, you know, it boils down to this. It's the perfect time because people are looking for new answers. Most people are not happy with their 401k system. They're not happy with how much money they have saved for retirement. They're not happy with how much debt they're in. And they're looking for new and fresh answers. And that's really what the perpetual wealth system is. Frankly, it's good any time. Uh, but when people are struggling and looking for answers and the traditional financial model isn't working for most people, uh, that's when this is a perfect time to, to really have a new thought process and a new paradigm shift about money. You say that this book and the system is different from any other financial or real estate book you've ever read. Uh, how is it different? Well, number one is um, it's, it's about 80% dealing with personal finances. Uh, and what I did in the other 20% was show people how to basically set up their own bank and why banking has been around for you know thousands of years in some form or fashion. And then what I do is I show people a very different real estate model because the real estate model that I was trained on and I trained a lot of people on was built, all built on leverage. And leverage is great when the market's going up, Jordan, but as you know, when the markets are going down, whether, whether you be in stocks or whether you be in real estate, when you're leveraged and that market's going down, it's brutal. 
And so we show people a different real estate model of how to be their own bank, use their own funds to invest in their own properties, and now use the power of interest volume and interest velocity like a bank does, but combine that with the world of real estate. And it really does produce some really amazing results. We've got clients from all over the world who are taking advantage of what we show them, and they're just having phenomenal success with it. You say there are many market myths um, and that the traditional financial vehicles most people are using are broke. Uh, so I just want to go briefly through uh, some of those myths and tell me why these are myths and, and why people shouldn't believe them. The first myth is what you call the 10% solution. What do you mean by that? Well, the 10% solution, I'm sure you've heard before, that we've all been taught that, hey, when you start working, <clears throat> if you take 10% of your income and put it inside um, usually a 401k or an IRA, you're going to retire with a whole bunch of money. And the fact is, 10% isn't enough. We need to put more away, but it's hard to do that because once we're taught the 10% solution, then we think, well, we can spend the other 90% on payments and go out and acquire all kinds of debt. If the average person will make $2 million over their lifetime. So if they put 10% away, which of course almost nobody does, but if they did, they're going to put away $200,000. Let's assume they have some growth on it and they get three fifty, four hundred thousand out of it. Is that enough to retire on? It all depends on how you want to retire. For most people to retire in any kind of lifestyle that they want, three, four hundred thousand dollars just isn't enough money. Meanwhile, well, we're not putting away enough money. We're absolutely making the banks absolutely rich by bleeding out our income to them for, for all our lives and all kinds of purchases. So we show people that, hey, 10% is not enough. And if you restructure your life, you can very easily put 20, 30, 40% of your money away um, because we're going to redirect that money away from paying banks and back to paying ourselves for being our own bank. Your second myth is that mutual funds are the way to wealth. What's wrong with mutual funds? Well, mutual funds have a lot wrong with them. Number one, um, it's the only thing people understand or they think they understand is mutual funds. We're really not taught anything else. Mutual funds, they can be okay if it's a decent fund, but like anything else, mutual funds do not get compound interest. Mutual funds get average rate of return interest. In other words, your money's going up and your money's going down. Your money's going up, money's going down. Now, one of the things we've been taught is, okay, but when the market's down, you're going to practice dollar cost averaging and you're going to buy more shares. And to be fair, there's nothing wrong with that strategy. But Jordan, what people don't ever tell you is when you get close to retirement or in full-blown retirement, the, the evil sister of dollar cost averaging is reverse dollar cost averaging. So when you're not in accumulation mode anymore, now you're in distribution mode and you have a downturn like we had in 2007 and 2008, that's what makes people go back to work because all of a sudden they've got money inside of a 401k. They want to take the money out to live on. They have, now have to pay tax on it. And if the market takes a huge correction like that, they have to sell their shares at dirt cheap, and many people can't afford to do that. So what do they do? That's why you see elderly people working at Walmart and McDonald's. Most of them don't want to be there, but they got caught in a vicious market direction. And mutual funds are a lousy place to retire in. There is a certain spot for them like anything else. I'm not saying they're all evil, but people have the vast majority of people have most of their wealth inside mutual funds. And there's all kinds of other avenues out there that they just haven't been trained on. Your myth number three is that people get in the habit of using banks to finance their life. People get mortgages, credit cards, start, uh, student loans, car loans. What, what's wrong with doing it that way? Well, when you do it that way, you end up making the banks rich over time. Um, the, the fact is banking is very successful. It's been around for thousands of years. 
the problem is we as consumers only know it from the lend from the borrowing aspect. We don't know that you can actually be the lender. So let me explain what a, what the broke business model is that 99% of us follow. Money comes into our life. We take try, we're supposed to take 10% away. Average savings rates about 4% in this country. So most people are failing with that miserably. But you're supposed to put 10% away, and then you borrow money, and the average American is shelling out about 40% of their income in payments. Well, when you continue to do that month after month after month, what, people, what I ask people to do, and I'm going to ask your listeners to do this, is to get a piece of paper and take five minutes when we're done. And I want them to add up all the money they've paid out to lending institutions over their lifetime on automobiles, boats, cars, student loans, real estate, you name it, credit, whatever they have, add up all those payments and come up with a figure. It'll take a little while, but it's worth it. So now when you have that figure, you need to, whatever that figure is, you need to double it because if you could have maintained control of that money and put it in, inside of a vehicle that did compound and even got you a small rate of interest, your money would easily double. So for the sake of example, Jordan, let's just say that we have somebody on the phone, they add up all their payments, and they've paid out a million dollars over their lifetime in payments. I want them to times it by two, so that's $2 million. And then I want you to compare whatever that figure is to how much money you have saved up in retirement accounts or any place that you have for retirement. And tell me which figure is bigger. And almost without question, 99% of the people, the banks, we've paid a whole bunch, and we have very little in relation to how much we've paid out in, in payments. So what we show people how to do is simply reverse that money flow to create wealth automatically, systematically, month after month, year after year, regardless of what the stock market does. Sounds very good. <laughs> We're going to get into that. Uh, your myth number four is uh, people are told not to pool their funds and self-finance but instead they should put their money into bank accounts, invest their money in mutual funds, and let the banks worry about the banking process. What's wrong with that? Well, I mean, the banking process we just talked about, one of the things that people are taught, and, and, and it's very prevalent now when you deal with financial gurus all over the country, is that the big thing is to pay cash. And there's nothing wrong with, with paying cash, but the, the, big, the biggest wealth drain, one of the biggest wealth drains you're going to have over your lifetime is depreciation on large assets, mostly on automobiles or boats or anything else that you buy that goes down in value, which is almost anything. The average American, Jordan, will spend way more money on automobiles than they're ever able to put away for retirement. So a very simple solution to that is, what if we just were the bank and we self-financed our own automobiles? The autom we're going to automatically, systematically create wealth, and we're going to recapture all that depreciation. In fact, we tell people and we show people with some eighth grade math that they're better off financing their own vehicle than they are funding their 401ks and IRAs. And I know that flies in the face of all traditional training, but with some eighth grade math, you start to see that it really makes sense. No, it really is radical here, what you're talking about. Uh, your fifth uh, myth is uh, you should always be in lookout for a better rate and refinance anytime you can save money. Certainly people have been doing that a lot as rates have fallen to record lows. There's been a huge amount of refinancing. What's wrong with that? Yeah, we've been refinanced to death within 20 years, and for the last 20 years. And, Jordan, what's wrong with it is this. Uh, you have to understand how interest works, and the average person doesn't. 5% interest is not 5% is not 5%. There's 5% simple interest. There's 5% amortized interest. And there's 5% compound interest. And you also need to understand how banks make their money. Banks do not make their money on the interest rates. Very small amount of their money comes from interest. What it comes from is interest volume. So my submit to you, Jordan, that over the last 20 years, interest rates have come, you know, fallen down to the floor, and yet banks are making record profits. They're doing that because they've gotten all of us to refinance two, three, four, five times because, hey, you're going to lower your interest rate. You're going to save a monthly payment. If you put that money away, you're going to have more money. Well, the problem is nobody puts that money away, number one. It just gets spent out in their, you know, in their day-to-day -day activities. Number two is... 
uh, you start to realize that interest volume is what's key to lending institutions. And interest volume is simply how much of your payment is going out to the bank and profit every month, and how much is going towards principal. So classic example is a 30-year mortgage. We've, we've been refinancing these 30-year mortgages to death, and yet the country's broker and most people are broker, and here's why. You take a, a payment that you've been making, let's say, for the last 10 years. It started out as a 30-year mortgage. Now you're down to 20, but you refinance because now you went from a 7% rate to a 5% rate. And on the surface, it seems fine, but what people need to understand is by doing that, they reset their amortization schedule. So now, even though their payment is less, their, their face interest rate is less, the amount they're going to pay the bank is way more because now they're back up to a 90% interest volume. In other words, if they make a $1,000 payment, 900 of that in the early years is going towards interest, and only $100 is going towards principal. So we keep refinancing, 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 resetting these loans. Banks are making record profits, and we don't ever pay anything off. I tell people, you know, the banks are kind of like the mafia, Jordan. They, they don't really ever want you to pay them off. They just want to juice you for, for the rest of your born days. They're happy to do that, and the country so far is happy to let them because they haven't been shown a better way. So that's why they encourage you to refinance. Is you keep resetting the clock for another fifteen or thirty years. Oh, absolutely! They love interest volume, and same thing. They want you to refinance. That's why they're happy to do it. See, the banks don't really care because if you think about it, banks are only making money on the spread of the interest, anyways. Because if, like right now, they're paying almost nothing in interest, and they might be charging three, four percent. So they're only making that spread. Well, if interest rates go higher again and they're paying out 8%, but they're charging 11%, they're still making the same spread. They make money with interest volume and interest velocity, which is the speed of money, which is how many times they can take your deposit money and rotate it on and off their shelves and make points and front-end loaded interest. How many times can they do that? And they can do it a lot. They're very good at it. The banking model uh, has been around a long time, but the average American only knows it from the borrowing side, not from the lending side. So uh, what people don't realize is uh, by restarting the clock, you're, you're going to start paying. You, you might have been making principal uh, progress, but with this, you're not making much principal progress because all the interest is front loaded. You're absolutely right. So if you had been paying for 10 years, now all of a sudden you're to the point where every time you make a payment, maybe, you know, if you're making a that same $1,000 payment, maybe 650 or $700 of it's going towards interest instead of 900 Well, as soon as you reset that clock, and assuming and most people refinance 30 year to 30 year, as soon as you do that, now you're back up at a 90% interest volume and you will never pay that house off. And you're just going to keep resetting and paying all that front end loaded interest. So you're going to pay way more money over time uh, than you are if you just stick with your interest rating get the thing paid off as soon as you can. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Jameson. Uh, he is the author of a book called The Perpetual Wealth System, uh, Your Guide to Systematic and Guaranteed Riches. We'll be back after this. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you happy with the management and leadership style of your organization? Do you think it could use some improvement? No matter the level of leadership at your organization, you'll be sure to learn something new when you tune in to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Through a unique lecture and interview format, we'll bring you ideas, questions, and answers that will help you run any organization, whether for-profit or not. 
Listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Jameson. Uh, he is an expert in the real estate area, and his new book is called The Perpetual Wealth System. Welcome back to the show, John. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Before we get back into this, uh, tell, tell people about the website uh, that you have and what they can find at your website. Well, I've got a couple different websites. The one I want to offer to all your listeners um, is a very special – see, Jordan, I want this message to get out there. And for me, it's really not about selling books. That's not how my wealth is created. My wealth as a company is created when people understand these concepts, and they come back to us to help them set these programs up. So anybody that's listening tonight that, that likes what they hear and they think, hey, maybe I'll pick this guy's book up, um, I'd like to offer them a free book. I will ship them out a book. Now, they have to pay the shipping and handling, but the cover price on the book is $25. Uh, seven ninety five. They can go and, and pick up a book. Uh, they cover the shipping and handling. They get the book for free. Uh, that website is very specific. You won't find this on my normal site. That one is JJ, as in John Jameson, JJFreeBook.com. JJFreeBook.com, and they can pick it up. And I'll handle all the costs. I just want to ship it out to them because I know if I get this message out to enough people, I can really create change in this country. And obviously, my business will be successful automatically. Great. And what is your regular web? If they just don't want the book but want to find out more about the system, what is yep, your website? Yep, that's great. That? They can, yep, they can go to the name of the book. It's called The Perpetual Wealth System. Dot com the perpetual wealth system dot com there's a free chapter of the book there's a ninety minute video online that you can watch all kinds of free stuff there that they can get some more education if they'd like very good we were going through different myths of uh, what people think about money normally and your myth number six is people should invest their money in four hundred one k's and other qualified plans the idea being your money is growing on a tax deferred basis you're getting a match it's going in pre tax so what's wrong with four hundred one k's and other qualified plans. Well, there's several things wrong with them. Number one, it's all people know. And, and really, the 401k plan, Jordan, as you well know, is really still an experiment. You know, it basically came out in 1980. And I just saw an article that was published oh, about six months ago from a gentleman named Ted Benna. Ted is uh, basically credited with coming up with the 401k concept. He's the one that, that built it. He brought it to the government, and they basically implemented it. And he himself says that if he, had, he regrets bringing it to the government, and he would scrap it if he could. There's a lot of things wrong with it. Number one is you're basically giving up access and control to your money. Uh, now, Another, another benefit on the surface is, well, you know, you're going to get a tax deduction this year. And so what I ask people is very simply, do they think taxes are going up or down in the next 10 to 20 years? And almost without fail, they look at me in the eye and say, well, with the money we're spending, they're going to have to raise taxes. And I agree with that. Now, whether or not you do, that's up to you. But if you do agree with that, what my simple question to people is, why are you agreeing to defer your, a known amount of tax today on a smaller amount of money to pay tax and agreeing to pay that tax later 
on an unknown percentage. We have no idea what the, what the rates are going to be, and on probably a bigger amount of money. So what I share people is, look, that, that myth, you really need to just do the math and realize that, you know what? If I can pay tax on my seed today instead of my crop later and never have to pay on my crop, I'd rather pay tax on the seed. Another problem with it is, you know, I just don't trust Uncle Sam. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I, I do see history. And back in the 1960s, when there was oodles of money inside the Social Security Trust Fund, the government raided it. All right? They spent it. Now there's nothing but IOUs in there, and that's why people hear, oh, it's going to be insolvent by such and such a date. That should have never happened. There should be trillions of dollars in that account because it was supposed to be locked up. Well, Uncle Sam needed it, and he got it. I, now, he does not control the 401Ks or the IRAs, but those are all called qualified plans, Jordan, as you well know. They're called qualified for a reason. Uncle Sam qualifies them. And he can change the qualifications anytime he sees fit with the stroke of a pen. He can raise the age at which you can take it out. He can increase the penalty if you take it out early. He can do all kinds of things. And just so people understand, all of that is on the table right now. The government is salivating for money. That's why they're hiring way more IRS agents than they've ever had in their life. And they're, looking, and they're seeing $10 trillion right now in qualified plans, and they're absolutely salivating. So you've got to give up control of your money. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced it's, it's a great tax strategy. I'd rather pay the tax on a known amount smaller today and be tax-free later, and there's vehicles that do that. So when you add all that stuff up, you start to realize that uh, there's other options out there that don't need to have all that government control. So that's a lot of the reasons why I just do not care for a 401K or IRA in any way, shape, or form. There's better options out there. How do you think the government might change tax qualifications? Well, they're already talking this. I mean, right now, if you're less than 59 and a half, and you want to go access your funds. Now, you can borrow it out. Under, it depends on the plan administrator, of course. You can borrow it out. But if you just want to take your money out and to go do something different with it, they're going to charge you a 10% penalty plus the tax that, that's due on it. Well, what they're talking about doing is raising that to 63 to 65 years old. Um, they, they want to do that. They also want to increase the amount of taxes that, that get paid on it. They want to change the taxation rate. Um, they're going to do with, with, with 401Ks and IRAs. You need to look no further than what they've done with Social Security. They always raise the age at which you can take it out. They might start means testing to see how much of it you're going to get out. They can do anything they want to do because now we've pooled all this money and pretty much put it at their fingertips, and it, we're basically relying on politicians not to rate it. And I'm not comfortable with that just, just based on uh, you know, past history. Now, you say that this broken financial model we've just talked about um, is basically robbing 99% of Americans of most of their money. Why is it almost everybody's getting robbed by the system? Yeah, well, it's because what we talked about before, if money comes into your life, uh, and I've got a little diagram of this in my book, but if money comes into your life, picture a pool of money over your lifetime, and you're setting 10% of it aside, and yet you're shelling out 40%, who's getting rich in that business model? The banks are getting rich, certainly, because you're in debt to them for your whole life. Wall Street's getting rich because you're sending all your money over there, and at the end of the day, you're supposed to be left with 10%, and as I say, most people only put away 4% on average. So the banks are certainly cleaning up. Big corporations are cleaning up, um, and uh, Uncle Sam's cleaning up because he's changing the tax structure, so you're going to pay more money later. And, of course, Wall Street's cleaning up because they've got boatloads of money now to put in every kind of fund known to man. And if you go back and look at a, a diagram of the Dow Jones Industrials up to about 1980, you see it, it's kind of flat from 1930 to 1980. I mean, there's ups and downs, but it's pretty flat. And all of a sudden, in 1980, 
to now, it absolutely skyrocketed. Now, is it because the companies were so profitable? Maybe. I think it's more because the the market got flooded with money because of the 401k system and mutual funds and everything else. It made everybody in the market. And I'm not anti-stock market, Jordan. I want people to understand that. But I'm anti-having all your retirement funds inside the stock market. That does not make any sense. And that's why people in 07 and back in 01 and when the next collapse happens, that's why people aren't going to be able to retire or they're going to have to go out of retirement because their income wasn't stable. Their asset base wasn't stable. So it's not a good place to retire out of, certainly, is the stock market. Now, you say what's key is the direction of your money. Mostly, it's going out, as you talk about. How do you reverse the direction so your money's coming in instead of going out so much? Yeah, it's a great question. And you know what? I want to do a real simple example that people can put on their paper. Remember I told you earlier that um, we believe it's better to, to finance your own car than it is to put money in a 401k. I'd like to illustrate that, and it'll, it'll answer your question at the same time. Let's say, Jordan, you've got $25,000, and you've got it inside your 401k. And let's say you put that money in today. If you could put 25 at one time, let's say you could. And now let's go five years in the future. And let's say that 25000 grew by 30%. Now, it didn't grow 30% annually, but it grew over five years 30%. So in other words, it's up 7500 bucks. And which, if you go back and look at the history of 401ks, you won't, I don't think you'll find a five-year period where they did 30%, but it could happen. Let's just give Disneyland numbers. Let's give best-case scenario. Meanwhile, the same time you put the $25,000 in there, you made the mistake of not understanding that your finances are a whole piece of the pie and not just this little sliver called a 401k. Because at that time, the same time you put the 25000 in your 401k, you needed a car. And you went out and you bought a reasonably priced car, $25,000, whether or not you bought it used or new, regardless, you bought it and you financed it at the bank for the next five years. So it's five years later now with your car. It's now worth about $5,000. You've paid back your $25,000. That's real money that you paid back. You also paid back about $5,000 of interest. So you paid back $30,000 and yet you've got a $5,000 asset. So you lost $25,000 in that transaction. But on the other side of the transaction, you made $7,500. Let's just say you made eight grand round numbers. So how much did you lose? See, it's all your money. It's just you're so focused on the 401k that the rest of your life is bleeding out in car payments. And that's just one car. You probably had one for your spouse, too. So by simply taking the same $25,000, running it through a very specifically designed account that I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a little while, borrowing the money out of that account... And now let's say pay 25000 cash for the car, but instead of letting the cash sit there and do nothing, let's do the same thing that banks do, and let's volumize and velocitize that money, and let's structure a payment back to that account that we control for the same payment we were going to pay Bank of America anyways. And if you fast forward five years later after doing that, still have the same $5,000 car, we couldn't do anything about that, but you've got $25,000 back in the account, you picked up. of interest, and the company that you set the account up with probably gave you another $5,000 worth of growth. So all of a sudden, you have $35,000 of liquid assets, and you've got the same $5,000 car, so you have $40,000 worth of assets. So by simply redirecting the money flow to from all that money leaving your bank account every month and to recapture that money flow by being our own bank, you can see that month after month after month, you're going to automatically and systematically create wealth. And truth be told, the money that you made in the 401k, those are Disneyland numbers. You're probably not going to make, you could just as easily be down 30% over five years. Where when you're financing your own car and you're making your own payments, you can set your watch by that growth and by that income.
And you also got the use of the car in the meantime, which has some value to it as well. No doubt about it. You certainly did. And I will tell you, since I've been practicing this for the last three years, you've never been so excited to make car payments. I actually look forward every month to sit down because my money doesn't leave my life. It simply leaves my checking account and goes over to another account that I've got full access to the money. And I'm re- think about that. You're recapturing all that lost depreciation. You're recapturing it. And that's on one car. Times it by two. Now maybe do it with a boat. Now if you start doing that same concept with appreciating assets, like we talk about in the book, and you start buying, it's not real estate's not for everybody. But if you have a mind to be in real estate to do it properly, now if you use that same system to buy a potentially appreciating asset, think how much quicker you can magnify your wealth. It's fantastic stuff. Sounds very dramatic. Okay, after the break, we're going to get into exactly how this whole system works. Uh, my my guest this hour is John Jameson. His book is called The Perpetual Wealth System, Your Path to Systematic and Guaranteed Riches. Um, and uh, he has a website where you can find out more about this, which is perpetualfinancingsystem.com. We'll be back after this. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is the former Secretary of the Treasury under President Bush, Mr. Paul O'Neill. Mr. O'Neill will be here to talk about why reinvesting Clinton's surplus in Social Security was a good idea, how the current global recession was predictable, and what is needed to secure America's financial future. Don't miss Paul O'Neill this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Jameson. Uh, he has a new book out called The Perpetual Wealth System, 
your path to systemic and guaranteed riches. Nice to be with you, John. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. I really enjoyed the uh, first part of the show. All right. So um, one of the, the tools that people need to put the system into effect is life insurance. So tell me what role a life insurance policy plays in the whole system you're talking about here. Yeah, you know, Jordan, life insurance policy is is a core wealth strategy. And when I first started coming up through the financial ranks over 20 years ago, I read every book out there, and almost all of them told me don't ever put money inside a whole life insurance policy. So I followed that that as gospel for over 20 years until I had a friend of mine sit down, and as soon as he told me life insurance, I, you know, I about fell off the chair, and he said, look, just sit down and shut up a minute, and let me explain how this really works. And from that point, I started to do some research on where money puts money. And I, what I found was is five of the six biggest U.S. banks have 20 to 40% of their what they call tier one core capital. That's their money. That's their cushion fund. That's their profits. They've got 20 to 40% of it inside whole life insurance contracts. Fortune 500 companies have hundreds of billions of dollars of their money inside whole life insurance contracts. The family dynasties that we've all heard of, Rockefeller and Vanderbilt and on and on, they have tons of their money inside whole life insurance contracts. So my question to people is this. If it's such a lousy place to put money, why does all the wealth go there? The answer is because it's not a a lousy place to put money. It's a fantastic place to put money, but, and here's the big but, it has to be a properly designed life insurance contract, and 99% of them are not properly designed to build wealth. They're built for insurance. Well, when we work with clients, the insurance portion of the contract is icing on the cake. It's gravy. We set it up because there's 15 living benefits, and we don't have time to go into all those, but there's 15 living benefits that no other account on the planet has that a properly designed whole life insurance contract has. And, and properly designed means you got access to most of your cash day one, and that's very uh, different than the average whole life insurance contract where when you put money inside of it, you can't touch it for two or three years. That's not how we set up these policies. Most of my clients borrow money out in the first 30 days, and they're doing something productive with it. They're setting up their bank inside of a life insurance contract. Because, Jordan, once you bought into the fact that, man, I like this banking concept. It makes sense, volume and velocity. I want to I partake in it. Where do I pool the money? And there's nothing even in second place. It's a properly designed whole life insurance contract to pool that money, to borrow it out and practice volume and velocity and create tax-free wealth inside that life insurance policy. So how is this kind of life insurance policy different than a traditional approach policy? sounds like you have to start off by putting a lot of money in it. No, actually, it's not true. Um, here's the neat thing about this. I've got clients from all walks of life and all income. I've got clients who are putting in three, $400 a month because that's all they can afford. Maybe they're young and just starting out, or they're restarting, or they're just not high-income earners. They're going to build their bank over time. I also have clients who are putting hundreds of thousands of dollars in these contracts, and we can make, make it work for anybody in that spectrum. So, no, it's not just for the super rich, although super rich utilize these. It's for everybody um, who has any kind of money that they want to put away for future years. We can do it monthly. We can do it quarterly. You can dump a bunch of money in now and nothing more later. We can set it up any way people want to. That's another reason it's so cool because it's so flexible. Aren't there some limitations, these so-called modified endowment contract limitations on how much you can put in? Well, no, not really. What the modified endowment contract really covers, and, it, and people call it MEC, uh, M-E-C, modified endowment contract, really what it's, let me explain a MEC real simple. Uh, years ago, say 35, 40 years ago, before there was a MEC, let's just say, Jordan, I had a half a million dollars, and I put it into a life insurance contract. Well, look, I tell people, Uncle Sam's dumb, but he's not stupid. It, back then, if I put a half a million dollars in there, I could only, I could take out a half million dollar death benefit if I wanted to. 
Meanwhile, the principal's protected. It's growing guaranteed tax-free every year. It's got tax-free dividends being paid to it. It's got all these benefits that are 15 living benefits. Meanwhile, Uncle Sam never gets to tax that half million dollars again. Well, he stepped in and said, wait a minute. If you're doing it this way, you're not doing this for insurance. You're doing it as a tax loophole. And that's exactly what people were doing by the truckloads. So Uncle Sam stepped in and he said, look, you can still put a lot of money inside a life insurance contract, but one of the reasons you have to set it up, one of the reasons has to be for insurance. So you have to have a correspondingly higher amount of a death benefit in relation to how much cash you want to put in the contract over time. So there's no limit to what you can get in them. Uh, you just have to make, sh- make sure that, the, and we take care of all that, we basically make sure the MEC limit is in place, what it is, make sure there's enough insurance to keep Uncle Sam happy. So you're absolutely right, there is such a thing as a MEC, but it does not limit to how much money you put in. It just has, you have to have a correspondingly higher amount of life insurance based on the cash that you do want to put in. Are there some specific companies that you work with that most people, I mean, they're not going to just go to their local uh, life insurance agent and get the kind of policy you're talking about, or, or you can use any policy? No, they're very specifically designed companies. Um, there's, you know, any life insurance contract that you have, almost all of them, if it's a whole life policy or if it's a variable policy, which you don't want to have, if you're listening to this and you do have a variable policy or indexed universal life, they're dogs of policies. You don't want them. And if you reach out to me later, I'll explain why that is. Um, but any life insurance policy that you have cash value in, you know, you can borrow it out. And yes, you can pay it back. But the, but they're not built to be a bank. They're not built that way. Um, so we use very specifically designed companies who have been around. You know, they're all $40, $50 billion companies, and they've been around 110, 120 years, and they've paid out dividends every year, some of the strongest ratings you can have. They've really embraced this concept. But if, if, if someone listens to this and they call up their insurance, agent from down the street or around the corner and say, hey, um, I heard some guy talking about putting money in life insurance. It sounded good. Can you build me an illustration? They'll build them an illustration, but what they're going to quickly realize is it doesn't work the way I've described it here on the show. So you really need to work with somebody who really understands this niche, and that's what we do. We do it all over the country for people. What are some of the names of the companies you're dealing with? You know what, Jordan? I cannot give them out over the phone, and here's why. Um, Because I made this mistake before. If someone calls one of these companies and says, hey, I want to set up one of these policies, did you know that the person they put them in contact with will have no idea how to set it up? It's not in so much the companies, although there are five or six different ones that we use. It's in really understanding how to set it up. And the sad part is the internal home agents at these companies will have no clue what you're talking about, and the person that you're calling on the phone that's picking up the phone will really have no clue how to do it. So the best thing I can tell people is to reach out to us. They can email us. I'm happy to give out information, and it will depend on... Uh, what company we take them through will depend on them personally, how much money they want to put in, because there's all kinds of different companies who embrace one thing, but they don't embrace another thing. So it's all based on the individual client as to where we actually send the policy off to, what carrier is going to provide it. So just to be clear, you are selling the policies, and you'll earn the commissions on the policies based on these specific, the way you're setting it up for these insurance companies. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of people ask me how I get paid. That's exactly how I get paid. There's no additional fees to work with me or anything like that. It's we have uh, carriers that we're approved with that have really embraced this concept. When we put place it with the carrier, the carriers pay us a commission. That's absolutely right. What is wrong? You mentioned briefly index uh, uh, universal life. What's wrong with particularly equity index universal life where it never goes down? You're, you're getting a portion of the uh, gain in the stock market. What's wrong with that uh, system? Well, it's it, it, what it boils down to is this. That's a variation of a universal policy. And it's indexed universal life, meaning the internal money will follow some kind of an index. There's a few things wrong with it. Number one is 
you're just really your money inside the contract is simply going up and down, just like it would inside of a normal mutual fund. All right. There's also administrative fees that they're going to charge you inside those policies. So the money is never going to perform the way it's illustrated. I had a gentleman. The best way I can tell you that, Jordan, is to illustrate a real life story. I had a gentleman who was 70 years old, came into one of my classes because we give live seminars all over the place, and he was a retired neurosurgeon. So obviously during his lifetime, he was the top of the food chain as far as income goes. When he was 49, he set up an indexed universal life. And they projected out that, hey, if the market just averages such and such a rate, you're going to have a million dollars if you put this much money in. Well, now, I never did verify this. I want to make sure that's clear. I never looked at his papers. But he told us that he did exactly what they told him to do, put exactly how much money he was supposed to. And he ended up with $400,000. And the reason is this. They're going to project out for you a compound rate of interest. They're going to say if the market just averages 6%. But they're going to compound it. They don't ever take the losses out. They just take 6% and average it up the line. Money doesn't grow that way inside of a stock market. It's going to go up and down. Now, that's, that's one of the reasons. But the, most, the worst part is that policy is going to either self-implode or be cut down to the quick over time because here's why. Those are nothing more than a glorified mutual fund built on top of a term insurance policy. So when this gentleman was 49 years old, it, the cost of his insurance was quite low. But he was a 20-year term rider that was put inside that contract. So now he's 70, and now he has to pay to keep that insurance contract open. He has to pay the insurance premium based on his attained age, which at that point, was, he got a bill for $50,000 just for the premium. No cash value, no nothing. He's only got four hundred grand in there. So what did he do? He closed it down. Now, if he would have paid the $50,000, the next year it would have been $59,000 and so on and so on. So in other words, they eventually self-implode, or the latest gizmo they put in there to not let that happen and say, well, it won't self-implode. It will, we'll guarantee the contract's going to stay in force, but it'll feed on itself, and it'll take the, the death benefit down to nothing and take your cash down to nothing. It's just a lousy way to set a program up. And unfortunately, a lot of people with money, I work with a lot of physicians and dentists, a lot of them have been sold this because, hey, you can put a bunch of money in. It's going to grow tax-free. So the gentleman who was 70 years old, Jordan, now that he's closing down the policy, he didn't have hardly any growth in it anyways, but whatever growth he did have now becomes taxable. And now when he's probably going to need that death benefit in the next 10 or 20 years, he doesn't have it because he closed down that policy. So there's just it's, it, really what it boils down to is you set these up because you want to transfer risk away from yourself. And when you have an index universal life, you haven't transferred any risk because the risk of the money is still in the market. Now, they will usually guarantee a bottom, okay? But still, the growth of it is all risky. And now, instead of having a life insurance policy for the rest of your life that you've locked in that payment, now you've got an incredibly risky product that's going to, the insurance inside that policy is going to hundredfold over the life of it. Not 100%, a hundredfold. And here's how they do this. And people, you guys don't have to take my word for it. If you guys have those policies, go back and look at your illustration that you were sold way back when and look at the cost of the insurance. Now, they didn't tell this gentleman it was going to be $50,000. They did it with decimal points. So the cost of insurance when he first took it out might have been something like 0.004 per thousand. Well, maybe 10 years in, it depends on how they set that term policy up. Maybe 10 years in, it's 0.04. Well, you know, you know, our minds don't work that way, Jordan. Point zero zero four, point oh four. That's all the same. No, it's really not. That, that's a ten times. And now, at twenty years, the cost of insurance could be four point oh per thousand. And you start to do the math, and you start to realize that wow, these things are going to absolutely eat me out of house and home later on in life. And that's what they do. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is, if you have something like that, 
and you can still qualify for insurance and you're still a reasonable age, um, we can do what we call a 1035 exchange. I just did two of them this week for a doctor out of South Dakota for him and his wife's policy. Uh, and we transferred those kind of policies. We got them out while the getting was good, and we put them into the policies we're talking about. And he's thrilled to death. His wife is thrilled to death. And now they're set for the rest of their days. They're going to have this in place, and they can have a, a pool of money to bank with, and they know it's not going to implode. So with a traditional whole life policy, you're locking in the premium at the age you get it. And you're saying with an index universal, you are not locking in the, uh, the premium for the insurance part at the age you get it. You're absolutely correct. And another, thing, another way you want to know really um, – how, how tough those policies are. When we build an illustration for people, Jordan, it's generally eight or nine pages. Three of it is basically just the columns of numbers showing them the growth and everything else. Then there's um, describing the riders that we put on there, and then there's a glossary of terms, and there's a couple blank pages. It's very simple. Well, if I go to those same carriers who are doing that, and I say, hey, run me the same policy, but make an indexed universal life or some kind of universal life product, their illustrations are typically 35 to 40 pages for the same amount of coverage. Why? Because in there, and all those legalese and all those charts, they are telling you that the money is not going to perform the way we've illustrated it. We can almost guarantee you, and your insurance is going to skyrocket. But they don't put it quite that way. They use 35 or 40 pages to tell you exactly what I just broke down for you here in about 30 seconds. Okay, very good. Well, I'm glad we took care of that myth as well. Uh, my guest this hour is John Jamison. Uh, his book is called The Perpetual Wealth System. Again, give people the uh, uh, website address where they can get a free copy of the book. A uh, free copy of the book, you go to JJ, which are my initials, jjfreebook.com. Free book, jjfreebook.com. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and we'll be back after this. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Jameson. His book is called The Perpetual Wealth System. It's how to use insurance uh, to create wealth for yourself. Welcome back to the show, John. Thanks for having me. So we've described this insurance uh, product that you have. Now, how do you use the pool of funds inside this insurance policy to set up what you call the real estate cash flow machine? 
Well, here's what you need to do. First of all, you need a real estate market that, that's a cash flow market. Not all of them are. Obviously, the expensive markets aren't a great cash flow market. Um, we happen to be in a really attractive market. In fact, it's the cash flow capital of the world, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Now, I laugh sometimes when I'm in front of people in a live stage. I'll say it's the vacation capital of the world. Needless to say, they laugh me off the stage. But when I tell them it's the cash flow capital of the world, uh, you know, it really is. In fact, although we've had values bounce, so when people get the book, they're going to see some values in there that, no, that are no longer true today. For a while there, Jordan, back when I wrote that book, um, we were buying properties for fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars, putting some rehab in them, and people were all in for about thirty-five. 38,000. Now most of our clients are all in for about 50. So we've had a little bounce in the marketplace. But you can buy these properties for 50,000. Our investors pay cash for them because they can, and they're looking for a place to, to put money. So they'll typically put a lot of money inside a life insurance contract. They'll borrow a portion of it out, and they'll go buy a piece of investment real estate for, say, $50,000, all in, completely repaired, and it leases out between 850 and 950 a month. So even after you pay taxes and insurance and maintenance and everything else and a management fee, there's typically still five to $600 a month left, and that's still a really attractive return, and that's just cash-on-cash cash return um, on their $50,000, not to mention the appreciation, potential tax benefits, and all that stuff. Okay, so the money, the, the rents that they're getting from the house, does that go back in the insurance policy, or where does that money go? The money can go wherever they want it to go. We suggest if they don't need the income, which most of them don't right now, they're looking for, you know, to retire 5, 10, 15 years, they do take the money and put it back into the insurance policy because what that does is now you're putting more money into the insurance policy, and the insurance company is giving you guaranteed growth and tax-free dividends on the more money you put in. So, yes, you're going to use volume and velocity. So let's just say for the sake of example, you could buy four of those, all right, and you've got 500 a month net off of each one. Well, that's $2,000 a month. Well, over two years, you're going to put that money back in. You're also going to put some fresh money in. You've got enough money to buy another property. So you're going to velocita, just like a bank would. Once some more money pools in the account, you're going to loan it back out, acquire another cash-producing asset, which, of course, increases your income. Money's pooling faster, six, eight, nine months down the road. Hey, I need a car. I've got $15,000 back in there. Let's velocitize the money out. Let's buy that nice little used car for our kids. Let's structure a nice little payment back into the policy. So you're really, if you, it's hard for me over the radio sometimes, but picture one pool of money, loaning it out, income coming back in, money pooling in there, loaning it out again, money pooling in there faster, loaning it out again, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I call it perpetual, because when you do that, it just becomes a tax-free machine, because the money inside those life insurance contracts are not taxable. Now, when you borrow money out of the life insurance contract, there's an interest rate on that, typically like 6% or something like that, right? So it's not free money you're getting out of the insurance policy. Well, it's not free money. And, and here's <laughs> this is going to be hard to explain without a pen. Usually I've got a pen, but I'm going to do the best I can. When 20 years ago when I was reading those books and they said, don't ever put money inside life insurance policies. And that's, by the way, that's still what the gurus on TV are still telling you. It's because they don't really understand the other side of the coin. What they'll tell you is, well, you're borrowing money out. You're paying money on your, your interest on your own money. That doesn't make sense. And again, Jordan, this goes back to what kind of interest are you paying? All right. Now, if you're set up with a properly designed carrier and you have, and it doesn't work this way with every carrier, but the carriers we use, let's just say you got $100,000 of cash value that you borrow out. All right. Right now, you're going to pay about 5% simple interest. Okay. Right. But we work with what we call non-direct recognition carriers. In other words, they're telling us that, hey, just because you, you borrowed out our money, when you borrow money out of the policy, you're not borrowing your money. You're borrowing the life insurance company's money out of their general fund. So, yes, there's an interest rate associated with it. Right now, let's say it's 5% simple interest. But because my $100,000 is technically still with the life insurance company, they'll give me guaranteed growth and dividends on that money as if it never left. 
So let's just say the guaranteed growth rate is about 2%, and let's say that particular year they pay out 2% in dividends. So they're paying me 4%. I'm paying them 5%. My cost of funds is 1%. Yes? I see. Okay. Okay, but it actually gets better than that, though, because here's the next year, if I haven't paid any of the principal back, they're still going to charge me my 5% simple interest. But on my other side of the coin, they're going to pay me the 4% interest on the $104,000. So in other words, the money I'm receiving is compounding, and I didn't lose the compounding curve by borrowing it out because it's designed properly. And the money that I'm paying on the right side is simple interest. So that's a huge uh, difference right there. So when people tell me it's not free money, I don't want to tell them it's free money because there is a charge to it. But you have to look at the other side of the coin and look at what your credits are, not just what your charges are. And over time, your credits are going to be more than your charges. But this is only true for, as you say, non-direct recognition policies. Most policies are direct recognition, right? I'd say probably 60-70% of them. And I'll give you an example. I'm not going to use name of a company, but it's a very big company that they're advertising all the time on TV. People know it, okay? Their policy does not work this way. So if you borrow money out of their policy, number one, the interest rate's about 12%, and um, they will not give you growth and dividends on the money that you paid out. So in other words, they haven't really embraced this concept. So yes, that's a great example of, yes, I can set this policy up with them, I can generate cash value, and I can borrow the money out. But it's not going to work the way we're talking about on this show because the policy wasn't designed for that. It was much more designed for the insurance portion. And the insurance company really doesn't want to let you loan out the money. They want it to hurt if you take out the money. Um, Non-direct recognition carriers, they understand that most people, in fact, nationally, less than 9% of people that have money inside whole life insurance contracts borrow the money out. And even with companies that embrace this concept, that give them a lot of cash value day one, Less than 17% of those people borrow money out, and if they do borrow money out, Jordan, they don't borrow it all out. I'm case in point. I've got uh, several loans out against my policies, but I've also got a bunch of money sitting there for a rainy day fund. So while the money's sitting there, obviously they're getting the use of it. So um, it absolutely has to be designed with a proper carrier that way, and fortunately we've done all the research to find the carriers that really embrace this concept. Does it make a difference if the insurance company is a stock company or a mutual company as to whether it's direct recognition or not? Uh, very much so. Uh, the, the company you always want to deal with is mutual companies, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, obviously like any other publicly held company, a life insurance company that's publicly held is out to make profits for the stockholder. They tend to do things, you know, and, and the executives in those companies, they live and die by the stock price. That's what their bonuses are based on. That's what their careers are based on. With the mutual company, they're out to make money for the, for the policyholders. So they tend to be more safe. They tend to be more secure, a little less aggressive. Um, so if you're going to have money inside of a, a properly designed policy, almost all it's going to be with a mutual company and not a publicly held company. You have a chapter in your book called Triple Dip Your Way to Generational Wealth. What are the three dips of the triple dip? Well, the three dips are this. Um, by putting money inside a life insurance contract, number one, the growth is tax-free. So that's a, a triple. That's a one dip of not having to pay tax. Uh, a second dip is when you borrow the money out, the money's still growing. So that's a second dip. And the third dip, and this one, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify this, people have to check with their tax specialist. I, I checked with mine, and what he told me is this. When I borrow money out of my life insurance policy and I pay interest back into it, if I use the money for business purposes, I get to write off the interest. Because if I would have borrowed the money from Bank of America, I get to write off the interest. So since I borrowed the money from a big insurance company and I used it for business, I get to write off that interest. So not only is my money appreciating tax-free, I also have a tax benefit as far as the payments that I'm making on it, and, of course, the growth inside the policy. So that's the triple dip. You talk about getting started with your cash machines today. Now, we talked about rental real estate. Are there some other 
cash machines you can use the money to invest in? Yeah, all kinds of things. Uh, it depends on, obviously, the individual client. One of the people we work with quite extensively is a physician. In fact, we just had one who, very successful physician, you know, he's accumulated a lot of money, but he's realized that he's also wasted millions of dollars. And one of the things he does, because of the kind of doctor that he is, he leases a lot of equipment through leasing companies. Well, he's paying out about almost $8,000 a month in leasing payments. Meanwhile, the money inside of his pension and 401k isn't doing anything much for him. So we told him, hey, look, what if we do this? What if we take some of that money, restructure it, funnel it through a policy, pay off your equipment, still make the same $8,000 a month payment, but now you're paying it back to the policy. And his eyes lit up. And so now the same thing we talked about with a car, he's doing with office equipment uh, and office machinery inside his office. So uh, construction companies can do this. Anybody that is in business should certainly have whatever business they're in, and we hope that's successful. They should also have their own finance company and their own bank, and that should be set up through a properly designed life insurance contract. What, what is the minimum dollar amount you need to make the strategy work? This is not going to work if you have $100. What do you need to be working with to get into this whole uh, system? Well, it, that all depends on um, what kind of debt you have. So let's just say you're starting out and you've got $5,000 of credit card debt and you don't have any money to put into the policy, but you are contributing monthly to a retirement plan. You look at this and say, well, look, I can put money inside here as opposed to that. So maybe I'm going to do $400 a month inside this policy. So at the end of the year, you've put in $4,800. You don't have access to all of it. You might have access to $3,500. Well, let's borrow out the $3,500, let's pay off our credit card, and now that same interest rate we were getting charged by the credit card company, let's charge ourselves that interest and build up that policy. So, Jordan, it really is for anybody that has any extra funds. And on the other side of the coin, I've got people putting half a million dollars and more inside these policies in one lump sum, and we can work with anybody. So it's, it's really not um, excluded. Now, of course, as you point out, to ha- have a pool of funds, it might take a little while for people to to accumulate it, but regardless, you're going to, the time's going to come and go anyway, so accumulate it. Definitely get started with it wherever you can start and move forward with it. In about a minute we have left, uh, kind of maybe just sum up how making, using your perpetual wealth system will make a difference compared to the lifestyle people living today financially. Yeah, what it's going to do, it's going to plug up the four wealth drains, and this is something people don't talk about. Number one is your taxes. Taxes are the single biggest expense people are going to have over their lifetimes. Inside of an insurance policy, there are no taxes ever due when it's done properly. Number two, market losses. You will never lose anything in these things because the growth is guaranteed, the principal is protected. So there are no market losses. So your money truly is compounding, not average rate of return, which is what we get sucked in. Third thing is if, if you have the power to do this, either all at once or over time, you're going to wipe out all interest and fees paid out the lending institutions. That's going to be a ton of money for people. And last but not least is a biggie that nobody talks about besides me that I know of is depreciation on cars and office equipment and machinery and everything else. By being your own bank and financing these things, you actually recapture that lost depreciation over time by receiving those payments back inside that policy. So, you know, we call it the four massive wealth drains. If you can figure those four wealth drains out and put a stop to them or at least uh, greatly diminish how fast money's running out, you will automatically, systematically guarantee you're going to create wealth, and it's going to be a phenomenal lifestyle if you'll take, if you'll, you know, take this on board and start doing it. Terrific. This has been very fascinating. Uh, My guest this hour has been John Jameson. His book is called The Perpetual Wealth System. Uh, The website to get a free copy of his book is jjfreebook.com. And the website that tells more about the system is perpetualfinancingsystem.com. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, John. Thanks so much, Jordan. I appreciate it. Just real quick, it's it's a free book, but they have to pay the shipping and handling. So there will be a $7.95 shipping and handling. Otherwise, the book is free. It's been my pleasure. Look forward to being on again. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. 
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.